Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to The Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast where we are currently reviewing the first season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, today, we will be uh, reviewing uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 1, Episode 7, The Serene Squall. I am your host. My name is Chris Newcomer. With me is our inimitable panel of panelists. That's descriptive. Um, we've got Jay Nim. The uh, Minions isn't a movie. It's a way of life. I, I would agree with that. We've got Michael Henley. Aren't you happy to be listening to another episode of The Prime Subjective? <laughs> For a second, I forgot the pirate theme of this episode, and I was like, why is he doing that? And we've got Gary Coleman Hennings. Squall! 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 <laughs> Well, welcome, everybody. We'll start with Carrie, since she's the last hey. one I landed on. And I wanted to know, Carrie, hey, hey. how are you doing? I'm good. You know what? I played D&D yesterday Ooh. with my N crowd. Um, N crowd is a, an improv team group show in what, what Philadelphia. One of Philly's longest standing uh, improv uh, one of them. collections. Yeah, one of them. One of them. Uh, there's at least uh, three, two and a half, depending on how you look at it. And, <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and Crow's been going since 2005. I'm the uh, artistic director there, but we decided that we were going to play um, some D&D, just like a one shot, you know, just one that takes a couple hours, not one that takes a whole campaign worth mm. of months. I don't know. <laughs> Generally, I'm not, I have only played D and D maybe one and a half times in the past. So I'm not like an expert, but it was fun. And uh, maybe we'll do it again. What kind of character were you? Um, so I was an Aarakocra, which if you're familiar, it is a bird person. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, um I was also a sorcerer and I gave myself my own backstory where I have birdnesia and I'm searching for my destiny, but I don't remember my past. I came up with this myself. And <laughs> This was not from the this was not from the dungeon master. This was from this the, the mind the of Terry Coleman Hendricks. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, part of my character is always just like charging headfirst into anything because it could possibly lead to my destiny, and uh, or or answers about my past. <laughs> it's well, very that. similar to a character that I I came up with for Jay's podcast who also has amnesia. I'm like, I'm really interested in the concept of I amnesia. did listen, by the way. That was a great first, yeah. uh, first episode. It was so fun, y'all. I mean, Jay has, Jay, Jay has just popped out of the chat. He'll be in a sec back in a second. But I really thought it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know which way to turn next. It was great. It was a lot of yeah. yeah. Exciting. <laughs> and remind remind our our, uh, our listeners, uh, what what is it called? Does anyone remember? Y'all uh, are on it. It's called it, Space Station Podcast. Space Station Podcast. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. does exactly what it says on the tin you got yeah so <laughs> i'll do my how you doing and with some plugs i'll plug the end crowd we're gonna do some live streaming philly and on twitch.tv slash philly and crowd and also listen to uh um space station podcasts i love that you know where you get your podcasts why don't you tell us how you're doing jm uh well i moved to a new apartment and um the rent is significantly less uh, but the quality is too. 
as you can okay. tell by the internet outage I just had. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, apparently part of the new lease is that we have to pay for our own internet. Um, and I brought a router from my old place that works okay. well. And so, yeah, I'm okay with it if it means it doesn't go out. Yeah, you get what you yeah. pay for, right? That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Yep. You, yep. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty... But I really like the people I'm living with. Um, Excellent. So, yeah, and I'm all moved in. It's a good time. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's Come great. on down to my address at... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we all know you live in, that, in, the, uh, in Constitution Hall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> got that little hidey, the hidey door you go in the back. I get it. I get it. Um, Michael Headley. Hey, how yes. are you doing? <laughs> I am doing excellent. Um, uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know why I said that. No, things are fine. Uh, no, things are good. Uh, just, uh, boy, the summer is, uh, moving kind of, uh, fast. I don't oh, yeah, know. She's moving real quick. Yeah. But, uh, no, it was, uh, not actually, um, uh, so, we're recording this uh, episode a little bit later than we intended to because um, my my girlfriend uh, had a business trip last week and we were trying to kind of get a little date, date night together. So I actually we actually went out of the house and to a theater for the first time in forever mm -hmm. where we went to Whoa. the Arden Theater in Philadelphia to see Into the Woods, which was fantastic. Oh, cool. Yes. Um, so we had an absolutely great time and it was just so... and everyone was masked everyone had to show proof of vaccination so in this day and age you know you, you you can't feel more safe than that really um and uh you know it was definitely with a little bit of trepidation but we had a fantastic time and very quickly felt very very safe and it was it was it was wonderful we, we, we had an excellent time so here's to a little bit of uh, normalcy in this uh in this topsy-turvy crazy world um mm -hmm. yeah yeah so uh so so things are good well, that's great. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. And um, yeah. and I'm glad you enjoyed the production. I, I've heard really good things. Excellent production. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I um I know I know nobody asked how I'm how doing, are you doing, Chris? You. <laughs> <laughs> I love the martyr role, it's my favorite. Um, <laughs> I'm doing really well. It's been a busy couple of weeks. I also saw Into the Woods, but I saw a different production. I saw the one um yes. on Broadway. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> my, I took my I took my boyfriend up to New York to see that one for his birthday. Um, I know you love that a gift for your boyfriend. That's really a gift for you. I was like, hey, I got us tickets mm -hmm. to my favorite show for Best. your birthday. Mm -hmm. um, it's really. <laughs> well, we had a great time. It was his, his first Broadway show, and um, really, oh, yeah. that's awesome. And it cool. also was. Um, I think it was his first Broadway. Yeah, I think it was. Um, but it also was. Because I asked him if he'd seen Into the Woods before, and he said, yeah, I've seen the movie. And I said, well, we have to fix that immediately. That's oh. <laughs> uh, not a satisfactory answer. I can't, I can't watch anything with James Corden in it. I just I agree with it. that. I will turn I it off immediately. Even if it's a show that I really want to watch, I'll turn it off. You know, he is going to be on next season of Strange New Worlds. Is that going to be a problem? Or I'm it will he's be. Not, he's not signed <laughs> Don't tell me that. I'll be so <laughs> sad. Not Oh my god. No, but we had a we had a lovely weekend. New York was very New York. Like on our way down to the piano bar I go to up there, he got into we, we, he didn't get into, but we, we we were like eating McDonald's to save money, obviously, because that's what you do in New York. Yeah. We saw a, a huge fight on 43rd and 8th between a, a pedicab driver and a moped guy, and the guy was like swinging a chain around. My and he god. was like <laughs> my boyfriend was starting to get worried. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm like, eat, just eating my, my quarter pounder with cheese, we're just going for it. Not worried at all about the fight happening. I'd be like, yeah, 
whatever, it's all good. <laughs> but that's the zone that city puts me in. Um, and then, um, but we had a lovely weekend. And then this past weekend, we went out to my piano bar here, Tavern, and I ended up singing a duet with this guy, Conrad Ricamora, who's in the movie Fire Island, and he's on, he's on oh. How to Get Away with Murder, and he's a okay. fabulous actor. And But he yeah. also played Seymour in this current off-Broadway production of Little Shop. So, uh, but I, we sang Suddenly Seymour together. And I was like, oh, doing this song with someone who like is a Aww. professional Seymour makes it a lot more fun. <laughs> so cool. He's giving me acting beats. Awesome. I was like, this is, I could do this every weekend and be very happy, so. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so to answer your question, I'm doing great. It's been a lovely couple of weeks. <laughs> do we have any Trek in the news? I don't know that we do. Uh, we, know I, we need to. Oh, I don't, we don't have Trek in the news, but there was uh, something that, I mean, I don't have Trek in the news. Maybe somebody else does. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I do I don't not. I did not. I, I have uh, something that has brought to my attention uh, Star Trek wise <laughs> that I just started suddenly thinking about. Um, I, I was reading an article about like how did uh, Zephram Cochran uh, in, you know, develop warp without dilithium. And then I remembered through the article, which jogged my memory, I think it was on Game Rant, there's different ways of um, different energy sources to mm -hmm. get to warp. You don't necessarily, dilithium is the best, but then like the Romulans did it some, I can't quite remember the ref references, but um, in Star Trek, The Voyage Home, their, their dilithium crystals went inert blank. So they figured out- I love that scene because they're just like- Yeah. <laughs> so they came up with a way to renew them. And if so, that means that, and this is where I'm getting to in discovery. And you guys know that I love discovery and I love Star Trek, even all of its faults. I, I accept it for all of its faults, but now I'm like, damn, they made this whole big thing about the burn and all the dilithium being gone and nobody being able to do any warp, but they never, ever, ever mentioned that there's other ways to get to warp and to renew those dilithium crystals. And we never talked about that when we were talking about discovery. We never talked about that. So I thought I would bring it up in uh, retrospect <laughs> because I just started thinking about how, how dumb that was. <laughs> Carrie, you can tolerate all the flaws, but that one. Well, I mean, I still like, I think, like, I, I still like it. there are far bigger flaws to nitpick. <laughs> but you know what? I, I do the same. I do the same thing with my friends and my family. I accept them for their flaws. And that's what I do with Star Trek and Discovery. <sighs> I accept, I accept my husband for his plot holes. He's got a couple of plot holes and I just, <laughs> I don't worry about him. <laughs> Wow, dragging Scott Hinners on the on the podcast today. Uh, sorry, Scott. See you at rehearsal tomorrow. I hope it's not he awkward. Knows, uh, he knows about his plot holes. I I, I just I, I for some reason I just love the idea of starting a conversation with someone by just saying I accept you for your plot holes. 
Yeah. I accept you for your flaws, of which there are many, yeah. but who's counting? Of which, yeah. of which there are many. I do happen to have a list on this chalkboard. Let's go <laughs> right. over them. Right. <laughs> a smaller person would enumerate your flaws. I will just reflect that they are there. I, I will, will think about be them. your mirror. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not that I won't think about them, okay? I'm not completely ignoring yeah. them. <laughs> well, anyway, oh Scott. my God. I thought you all might have some comments on the nature of warp travel and dilithium. See, I I wish that I wanted to think about that part of it. I'm always just like, mm, gobbledy goop, space fine, cool. <laughs> We're flying through space and I like it. So my brain is not, I mean, you know, I barely understand how planes work. So uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I know I don't trust them because I don't they, know the science. They do look like they're from the, the devil. I will say you're just they're just up in the air. Nothing's flapping. It's one of the saying. most evangelical things I've heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Planes are the devil's work. Yeah, well, it's just why I only take the train or the bus. Flying's uh, only meant for birds and bugs. <laughs> if God wanted us to fly, we'd have wings. <laughs> I have heard that before, though. Yeah. People say that. Yeah. yeah. My dad, um, um, my dad is somebody who doesn't like small spaces, but he wouldn't tell us that as kids. And so like he wouldn't go on planes, he wouldn't go on elevators. And when I asked him why, he wouldn't get on the elevator. He said, because I know how they work. And now if you're a child and you hear that from what? an adult, wouldn't that make you not want to ride in an elevator? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's a shout so. out to Greg Newcomer for that recurring nightmare. So. Um, but speaking of nightmares, this is actually a dream. This episode, uh, we're talking, this episode is not a nightmare. <laughs> okay, actually, it's not a nightmare. <laughs> I really enjoyed it on a nightmare. So, but we should we should jump, dive into the description so we can, we can discuss. Yeah. So I will start this episode, as we mentioned, is called Serene Squall. Um, it opens with a great scene with Spock and T'Pring discussing the sexual nature of their relationship. Oh, love and it. And then continuing to navigate their long-distance relationship, um, um, including exploring Spock's human sexuality. Um, but this also prompts him to uh, ask Christine Chapel for some insight to provide romantic advice to help the Vulcan couple maintain their connection. The Enterprise is approached by Counselor Aspen from a colony on the border of Federation space with a group of colonial ships attacked and apparently destroyed by pirates. Fearing that the surviving colonists have been enslaved by the pirates, Pike decides to venture outside of Federation space to mount a rescue mission, despite being cut off from Starfleet support. <clears throat> um, the Enterprise comes across an expansive advanced trap with Spock providing a strategy to evade the laser snare. Oh, did we talk about Aspen yet? Where is, why is that not in there? Yeah, it's kind it's of right important. over Aspen. Oh yes, it, 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 oh yes, is it, it approached by Counselor Aspen from the colony, right? We did talk about her. So yes, so um, uh, she Aspen. They observe uh, the uncertainty. Uh, oh, here we go again. Sorry, I'll start that paragraph one more time. The Enterprise comes across an expansive advanced trap with Spock providing a strategy to evade the laser snare. Although Counselor Aspen observes that the uncertainty uh, troubles him. Uh, another reference to him, you know, being being unsure about his humanity. Pike and Chief Security Officer La'an Noonien Singh uh, lead a landing party to search for any surviving colonists only to beam down in the middle of an ambush. And meanwhile, the pirates launch, launch an invasion of their own with a landing party teleporting on board the Enterprise while its shields are down to accommodate the landing party, seizing control of the bridge, and Spock and Aspen escape as a command lockdown is initiated. That's a lot to chew on. We can go yeah, from there, I think. It's kind of like <laughs> acts one and two together. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, we went over a lot just there. Um, Where should we start? 
I mean, the meat of this story is yeah. Spock reckoning how Vulcan, how human he is, whether it's important to fall into either of those mm -hmm. buckets or to or to start from something yeah. new. And then Counselor Aspen sort of comes as a friendly, I've known some Vulcans in my time and you don't have to be either. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I thought this episode did a pretty good job with that storyline. There's just one scene that struck me as a little bit odd with it that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, but like it did a good job of, did a decent job of putting Spock yeah. in situations where, you know, you got to kind of, one side isn't providing all that you need. Usually it's the Vulcan side isn't providing all that you need. Like the, when you say, when the, the summary says that Spock devises a strategy to destroy the asteroid trap they're in, really there are two asteroids that, that they, that they that could be the source of the net. And if they destroy the right one, then they are free. Otherwise it gets destroyed. And, and Spock, Spock just has to choose one based on gut instinct, right? Which is yeah. the human side. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was a good, Good job setting that up. I think so too. And I, I, I really, I really enjoyed. One, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Jay. Sorry. No, no, we should, we should. I have something else, but that's not related to the Spock storyline. So let's keep talking about the Spock storyline. Well, and I think, I do think that this, this the actor, uh, the actress they have, um, Jesse James Keitel, who plays the non binary, she's a, she's a trans woman playing a non binary uh, character, which is, yes. I think, fascinating and really also echoes the layers of. You aren't one thing or the other thing, and you you are mm -hmm. you know you are mm -hmm. who you say you are. You know what I mean? You're not who the world mm -hmm. is telling you you are. I think yeah. I think that I love the layer of that as well. And I thought she did yeah. such a fantastic job. Um, and I also love queer people getting to be villains. <laughs> I was going fun. okay, so I was going to say the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I love that especially because you know obviously you know the same opportunities should be you know and and I, I and some shows I think airs. I think a little bit too much on the side of caution where, you know, it, 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 it's important, you know, it's important to, you know, be able to play all types of, and this is me coming yeah. from a, uh, this is coming, me, me coming from a, this is coming from a cis white male who, you know, has. From the uh, most diverse know. person on our panel, Michael Henley. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, and it's, it's, yeah, it, I, I, I think that's great. And especially because, yeah, I, 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 I just think that's good. I'm so articulate tonight. <laughs> You're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Your connection to the IMDb database is, seems to be lagging. <laughs> it keeps happening. But also, I think I think that character was so great because they had them the car the character charming everybody like she's mm -hmm. yeah yeah putting they're putting they're putting you know pike off his off his off his feel and, and i didn't like that i didn't like didn't? that because i was finally <laughs> getting respect for pike in the last episode oh. when he actually like does something smart and like is empathetic towards the aliens who want to join the federation and here he's like peer pressured into a real bunch of really stupid decisions because mm, she calls him a boy okay. scout one time and he's like yeah. i'm not a boy scout and i was like come That's on right. dude you can't be that susceptible to like yeah yeah reverse psychology it was cute like, though it was cute though i i was suspicious of dr aspen from the start and i don't want to be like i was judging their face tattoos because you shouldn't do that no right but like but. the way this dr aspen presented themselves you know and and i and i, and I was thinking about this like before the reveal of the, at the end and I kept, I couldn't get over the way, the way they were present. What's their, pro, what's their pronoun? 
So the the actress is identifies as a trans woman, but she's playing okay, a she... non-binary character. Okay. All right. I believe so, I have that right. I I, think, I yeah. yeah. I want to use the right pronoun. Um. Well. Well, she was like too much. <laughs> and so and and the fashion so I found myself just being distracted by like is that I guess that's a, a fashion choice in the future of Star Trek they're gonna wear these you know transparent cat suits and face tattoo I, I was thinking about it because people kind of dress like that now let's be honest but yeah. I couldn't I couldn't uh I couldn't stop thinking about it and then there was um she was just doing some dance club exercise in her. And then she comes out with like the, like the towel, like, Oh, just like, and, and I, and I thought is everybody just wanting to flirt with Spock? Is this <laughs> what it is? is? <laughs> I mean, I mean... And I, I said, yeah, I, I guess I want to flirt with Spock too. I guess sure. that would be what I would want um so makes makes sense <laughs> so anyway I was just suspicious of it so when it it wasn't like in the end where she was revealed to be the uh the Captain Angel I wasn't like I knew it but it was more like oh okay yeah now yeah. <laughs> well they were like dropping hints that either she this character was going to be like a really cool club kid yeah <laughs> you know? yeah or but yeah. also like they're like they're giving you the signs like oh, okay something's a little yeah. they're like they're, they work outside the 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 they paint outside the lines kind of yeah, uh, what, yeah. Did, what got me was the like the robe that she wore in the opening scene oh sorry the robe that they wore in the opening scene had this collar that was just straight up and really high and the only people who wear those in science fiction are like are evil villains. scientists. Evil, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you're right. That's I didn't think point. about it so it specifically, but there was color. definitely something about the the it's, the, the wardrobe choices. It's For the sure. collar that it's a collar that yeah. like nearly reaches your ears <laughs> and just goes straight up. There's no fold. For some reason. And the one, the outfit they wore for ninety percent of the show was just skin tight, half a full transparent. Cat suit. Yeah, yeah. Cat yeah. Suit, it was a full cat suit. Skin tight, but like half half transparent. So only a it was only a little opaque. <laughs> so <Right. laughs> I was like, hey. okay, hey, whatever. It's cool. You look yeah. good in it. She looked good in it. So yeah, they look great. Uh, that was great. Um, I did like the idea of the uh, the um, having an enemy that sort of makes you look deeper into yourself. And mm -hmm. I think yeah. that they were successful in doing that, that it wasn't just a superficial, oh, I hate you, I'm gonna punch you in the face, but it was more no. of a, mm -hmm. you know, okay, I am I know you're a bad guy, but you're saying some things that actually resonate with mm -hmm. me and I'm gonna have to think about this and, you know. <laughs> did, did anyone else, this is a little off topic from what you're talking about right now, but did anyone else think that like to praying looked like she looked even more beautiful this episode than she has in previous ones. I don't know. She had some sort of, she always looks gorgeous, but she sure. some glamour she looks on. stunning. Yeah. She looked beautiful in this episode. Yeah. I was like, go ahead, yeah. Supreme. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned it too when uh, she came on the screen. They're like, oh, gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking gorgeous. She did. You know? She does. <clears throat> so. I always really enjoy in Star Trek when they have like these little, 
like whether it's smugglers or pirates or whatever, and like these non-politically affiliated entities that kind of like, you know, these little gadflies that kind of swarm around the enterprise mm-hmm. or what. I always really enjoy it. I always enjoy it whenever they kind of, mm-hmm. you know, cast a spotlight towards, you know, these people who are kind of on the edges of like this whole, you know, political machine that, you know, the Federation and 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 so on and so forth are kind of building. Um, so I actually, I mean, I always kind of really enjoy that, uh, you know, to begin with. And I, yeah, and I, I, I appreciate, yeah, I, I, and, and pirates are cool, you know, space, <laughs> space, space pirates is the kind of phrase that is just corny, but it's also just like, but it's so cool. It's the best kind. I love so much that this show was really leaning into the corn this season yeah. because Star Trek is corny. That's like part of that's that, that, that is part of the appeal. Star Trek discovery. Yeah. As much as I like that show, I think Star Trek discovery sometimes is a show that is terrified of appearing corny. Um, and oh, I, and it's I love trying it. so hard, Michael. Yeah. yeah. It's trying so unbelievably hard and we can see it. Y- yeah. Um, and, and, and I, and I like, I, I, I like so much that this show has been leading into it so much. I also feel like this character, um, <clears throat> uh, Angel or Dr. Aspen, also falls into like, she, they just feel like Vash is back. You remember Vash? Oh, like, yes. Like, <laughs> very much that kind of vibe, like playful, but like really not really law abiding. And um, yeah. mm-hmm. what we call that chaotic neutral? Yeah. Or, um, Interesting. I, yeah, Maybe. I would say so. Is Definitely chaotic, chaotic neutral? neutral. Yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think Captain Angel is given as much room to operate. Yeah. Sure. As as Vash, like not off of one episode, but definitely there is the potential. I have a feeling this is somebody that they're going to bring back. I would like that. I would like that, and I want them to develop them a little bit more. Yeah. 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 It also made me miss Harry Mudd a little bit, and I hope they bring Rain Mm. Wilson onto the show because there's no reason. I mean, Harry Mudd exists on this timeline, so there's no Mm. reason we can't see him. That episode, uh-huh. he tries to murder like the whole crew, and he does like several times over, like murders large yeah. parts of the crew. And then they're like, "Oh, bye, have fun at a wedding." And that's how they right. deal yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, that total, love- like shift was jarring for me. I, was I like, love, really? <laughs> I love the Harry Mud episodes. But um, the other thing this uh, episode does is, do you? If you've ever watched the original series, and actually all in all Star Trek, sometimes these ships are ridiculously easy to take control of. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. How does like, a bunch and of pirates defeat the Star I know, flagship? But I'm not mad at it because, like, the original series, they were constantly getting taken over by something or another. <laughs> like, like yeah. the security is just a little lacking. They're just really trustworthy of everybody mm-hmm. that comes on board. <laughs> they let them on. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know this this and that but good thing they have those backup codes yeah that always well, helps i i feel like there's there i mean it almost wouldn't have been out of place for this episode to have a line where it's just like where pike is just like yeah i know we got taken over easily but taking it back is going to be where the fun is like yeah. you know like, like it's almost <laughs> like they accept it as a challenge basically just like yeah sure it's not going to last long the mo- modern thought, equivalent yeah. of escape room for them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was great that as easy as it was for them to take over the enterprise, it <laughs> was that easy for Pike to convince uh, yes, the mutiny yes. to happen. Yeah. But using his special skill, which they've, <laughs> they've, they've now pounded home multiple times, says Pike's special skill is okay, he as likes a cook. Cooking. He's a he cook. Likes <laughs> cooking. He's a cook. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. He yep. sure is. He sure is lucky that there's like a certain cuisine that's acceptable to like yeah. all these different <laughs> oh, yeah. alien species, <laughs> right. to Orion's yeah. humans. That's, yeah. 
That's that's Pike's thing. You put a ladle in his hand and his charisma score. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's just making like the French chef's omelet. It's just butter and eggs yeah. for people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go nuts for it. <laughs> There's something about cooking in Star Trek because you, nobody really needs to cook because of the replicators. But cooking right. is more of an art form for people, something that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. So they make it so they bring people together and it's like, uh, this is my art. These scrambled eggs are my art because anybody think, can just go and order scrambled eggs from the replicator. <laughs> and I think if cooking is an art form on Star Trek, we can all agree that Neelix is Michelangelo. And uh, no, yes. no one else feel that way? Uh, he's he's <laughs> more like Basquiat, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm Neelix. Honor. I mean, there's Cisco. I know Riker tried to cook, and I don't think mm. he was a great cook. But no, Riker, Riker only cooks bachelor meals made for seduction. Yeah. That's right. yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and on Picard, he was making some pizza. Yeah. Well, that's what you do after you're married. You get a pizza. Rabbit. Yeah, rabbit yeah. pizza, I think. <laughs> it's like his daughter brought home a rabbit, and they made pizza or wait, something weird like pizza? that. What? Wait, wait, what? what? Do you remember that episode? She was like, I, I do. I remember rabbits. they putting tomatoes on the pizza. I don't remember the rabbit part. She was hunting rabbits for dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what and was they her ate name? Pizza, and they ate pizza that night. I don't remember. Because she was named after Deanna Troy's dead sister, right? After um, yeah, Kestra, yeah, right? But I don't remember. Kestra, Kestra, Kestra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. An admiral's wages are so poor that in retirement, the children must hunt for their next meal. <laughs> oh my <No>. goodness, yeah. <laughs> what they don't tell you is that Riker owns the whole planet. That's what it is. Right. <laughs> should yeah. I keep, since we've already delved further into the episode, should I keep reading? Sure, just to, sure. Yeah. yeah. So observing distrust and jealousy amongst the pirates, Pike decides to instigate strife between his captors so that they are distracted by a chaotic mutiny. Uh, using food. They didn't write that in there, but I'm going to put that in there. Back on the Enterprise, Chapel eludes pirates' attempting to apprehend her while Spock treats the wounded Aspen in sickbay. Learning her husband was a Vulcan who endured a grim fate at the hands of the pirates, or so she, they say. Though Spock and Chapel reunite, Aspen reveals that uh, they are leading the boarding party of pirates and takes the two Starfleet officers prisoner after tricking Spock into releasing the command lockdown. Uh, Aspen reveals their real grudge against the Vulcans, having actually lost their husband to a Vulcan uh, rehabilitation facility, and seeks to commandeer the Enterprise in order to barter Spock to T'Pring for um, their husband in a prisoner exchange as part of their vengeance. As the rest of the pirates move to sell the Enterprise crew to the Klingons, Pike and the senior officers convince an uprising over the pirates' leadership to begin. Um, T'Pring appears to comply with the request only for Spock and Chapel to claim they are having an affair to nix the deal with Spock and Chapel sharing a kiss in an effort to substantiate their mm. claims. Mm. Mm. Very mm. steamy. Mm. 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 Very mm. steamy. Gave me feelings. This 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 episode gave me feelings. Gave me a lot of feelings. And I, I do like the mutiny it of it all. They're like, they're like, this big mutiny is <laughs> happening, but really it's like an, a subplot B mutiny that's happening. They're like, well, we've come near the ship, didn't like focus on that too much. We made it happen. Um, but then I love the reveal at the end that like, well, we haven't quite finished the mutiny, so we'd really love to get out right. of here real quick. If yeah. we can. Right, and the, right, right. And the, the visual of Pike steering a giant wheel to pilot the <laughs> yeah. ship is great. Yes. So yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. So good. Love the big himbo steering a giant wheel. 
Yeah, I'm the, all about that. <laughs> the Orion on the the pirate ship was pretty cool because he was sort of like half Viking, half Orion. When like, he had like a Scottish a accent or pirate, Irish accent? Yeah. Scottish, like, yeah. oh, he's a, a Scottish Scot- Orion yeah. Viking person. That's fine. He's a little, yeah, a little, <laughs> little bit of everything. Well, as we know from Star Trek, there. accents really don't matter given that Jean-Luc Picard is from where? France. We, we retconned that, right? Right. <laughs> they went to Britain for a while. You know, the accent is matter. genetic, apparently. Who knows? You can, you can teleport anywhere on Earth. You can yeah. just pick up any accent wherever That's you true. want. That's true. Everyone can be Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, but, you can but, go back home and sleep in Paris and live in London, whatever you want right. to go. But, yeah. but, but in that world, then, would there be accents all over the place or would there be no accents oh everyone would sound like Lindsay lohan like a weird yeah. like european madonna-esque like ah, a yeah. mixture of everything well no we're forgetting Wait. something these like these languages are getting through the, the translator mm-hmm. so the universal translator is translating uh accent for them <laughs> <laughs> this is all revenge for me insisting that my Siri be the hot Australian voice, the hot Australian dude, <laughs> and making it call me superstar. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, superstar. I want to, I want to talk about, and I don't know how to talk about this because I just love it so much. I just really, really love that kiss. I just love that kiss it was so hot. much. Yeah. It was hot. And I feel so bad for Nurse Chapel because Nurse Chapel obviously has feelings for Spock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe Spock does too, somewhere deep down there. Hard to know because that kiss, kiss was so passionate. But was Spock, so passionate. Would, Spock would say that Vulcans don't have feelings. Well, the other line that I really enjoyed was um, when Spock said to Captain Angel, you know, Vulcans aren't swayed by emotion. And, and, and she goes, I've been, I've been using emotion to sway you all day. So he had this thought like, oh, I guess you were. Yeah, that's right. Well, that line. So then she gives two examples, right? One is like, I sold you the story of these colonists mm-hmm. attacked by a pirate ship. And that's what don't exist. coming after us, right? That don't exist. Yeah. But that swayed Pike, not Spock. Pike was the one who fell for that one. And then the Mm -hmm. second is a story about the dead Vulcan husband. And she's trying to convince Spock to flee. And that doesn't work. He stays to fight. So neither one is really her swaying Spock. She has an overinflated sense uh, sense of herself, I think. Yeah. But also, those moments, like, they they showed those moments where Spock is is covering her. Spock is protecting her. Spock is healing her. Spock is following her That's to fair. the trap of the engine. Yeah. So, um, so whether or not it's like the big picture, he, the, the, she's, she's played to his emotions of mm-hmm. caring for her and protecting her. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I she, think that's, that's where I saw it more. You're right. Mm-hmm. She didn't. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I can see your point, Jay, but I, she didn't really want him to leave anyway. She wanted to keep him mm-hmm. hostage. So I think she was trying to keep him emotionally hostage. <laughs> as well wow. as physically hostage some you know? extra mind games <laughs> yeah. yeah i think well, she was a lot just of layers like, she was definitely playing mind games with him um and i think that was what was interesting about this character i, I said this while we were in our little hiatus on the break though but a trans woman playing a non-binary character saying to another actor another character um you are not what the you are not one thing or the other thing you are not what this right, world tells right. you you are mm-hmm. i think that's really powerful yeah and there was, was a really line cool. that she said, you know, all all cultures put people in boxes. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, yeah. along those lines. So yeah. Yeah. 
I, I like it. I like to see Spock's um, uh, progress because we've seen a lot of older Spock and the older movies and the and the later the later shows, and you sort of see him as this sort of wise, you know, I'm okay with who I am kind mm-hmm. of person. But I like I like to watch his um, his struggle with it. Yeah. Well, we don't get a lot of Spock before he died. We get a lot of Spock after he came back to life and has is sort of a more Zen Spock. Yeah. After after you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, the search gets, for Spock. Yeah. It adds, a, it adds a real poignancy, you know, and and I I think this is cool, especially for because um for a prequel mm. to do this where it's um you know in the in the proper timeline before Spock jumps timelines and goes into the. Uh, the Chris Pine is Kirk universe. Um, yeah, you know Spock is a confirmed bachelor basically for the rest of his days, and um, and that 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 Spock actually dies in that universe. We learn in Star Trek Beyond, so he never really like to Pring is as close as he gets to you know hmm. any kind of, um, and it 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 adds a poignancy to just have like oh Spock you dummy like you know like she's right yeah. there she's right there you I'm know? rooting for Nurse Chapel though because there is not like a definite did they or didn't they like they there isn't like a definite no they didn't so I'm hoping <laughs> for a yes they maybe did I'm really hoping for it okay I'm really pushing for it <laughs> Right now, I'm really shipping those two real hard. I'm shipping in two other characters on the show from, we, we haven't seen this, we haven't talked about this episode yet. It's the next one, the, which I don't, I don't, I'm scared to ask Jay how he feels about it. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll talk about it. We'll talk another about time. it another time, another but, time. But there is a reference that seems that maybe Una and um, Erica um, Ortegas. Uh, Ortega seem to have a little, they seem to know each other very well. And I oh, love that. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I hope that's a real thing. <clears throat> yeah. Or yeah. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Later, a later time. Later. In fact, later. I'll, I'll, there's there's only one little paragraph left of this thing. I'll finish that and we can okay. come down with our final thoughts. As Tapring stands down from the prisoner exchange demands, Pike reveals he has taken command of the pirate vessel and utilizes his command codes to cause the Enterprise to shut down its defensive and offensive systems. Realizing they're defeated, Aspen uses uh, a transporter hidden in her necklace to teleport to a hidden ship and evade capture while the rest of the pirates surrender. Um, Also, that's another like that, like sort of like, just help me put this necklace on. I'm just, I'm so- Yeah, yeah, really flirtatious. Really, all of that is very, anyway. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, she has a thing for the men of that family, huh? Yeah, she's 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 into yeah. the line of Sarek. She's she's she's. She, she I mean, me blood. too. Oh, line me up. Line me up. <laughs> where do I? Where do, where's the queue? I want to stand in line. Where's the Sarek family queue? <laughs> Meeting with Tipring privately afterwards, Spock apologizes for the ruse, and the two reaffirm their matrimonial commitment to one another. Um, Spock also makes amends with Chapel, um, and as the two clear the air, Spock confesses to Chapel that Aspen's imprisoned husband is his long lost half brother, Cybok a dangerous figure, figure amongst the Vulcans bum, and someone bum, he has bum. been instructed to avoid at all costs. Yes. Another another child of Sarek. Oh, I know. No way. I know. <laughs> but he this one is pre-established, though. This one has yeah. a beard. Yeah, yeah, this one. You can tell they're beard. not truly Vulcan because they've, they've got the, the scraggly beard. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Cybok. Cybok, you know, from uh, The Final Frontier, the movie The Final Frontier, very prominent character in the movie The Final Frontier. And one of the, the most critically um, uh, 
Yeah. Not liked mo- Star Trek movies, I think. Yes. Um, yes. And I, I, I know I've watched this movie, but I've bl- I've I blanked it blanked out. It. Like I, I can't even. <laughs> I'm like, what did Cy? There was a god. Okay, so there was definitely a god that Cybok was looking for. He started some some sort of religious cult following using his um, uh, Vulcan telepathy to heal people of their worries or whatever. So people started following him and then there was a guy. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Star Trek uh, uh, five, six. Five. five. The final frontier. So there he goes. So we get... That's the only other time we heard of Cybox. So it's interesting that I like it. I like when they do things like this, like, yes. oh, Cybox. Yeah, okay. I wonder which is a more more panned um, Star Trek movie, uh, Nemesis or- um, oh, I love or... Nemesis. I you did? I really I, like Nemesis. You I, did? I, I did not like it at all, Jay. I liked I, it. I, 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 I am cool with Nemesis, actually. Um, oh, I, it always wow. surprises me. I understand it not being like, but it always surprises yeah. me to hear people just say it's the worst Star Trek movie ever. I'm just like, have you seen Star Trek Five? Because there like, that's... were some, there were some things I liked about it, some things I didn't. So mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> uh, that said, Star Trek Five will always have a special place in my heart because um, Star Trek Five is one of the first movies I ever remember seeing in a movie theater. I was seven at the oh. time. That, that movie came out the same summer as Batman, and I remember seeing them both. I was like, that was a pretty good oh. summer. Oh my gosh, um, Wow. Yeah, Which uh, the, Batman? Uh, the, 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 the Keith, first Michael, Michael Keaton. Yeah, mm-hmm. Michael first Keaton. Michael Keaton one. Wow. Yeah. They're taking you to see that movie at seven in the theater? That's yes. Uh... Oh, they shouldn't have. Oh, they shouldn't <laughs> have. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm. Um, um, uh, yeah. And 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 I turned out fine. Uh, yeah, totally. Slash mm. S. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so. Uh, I always have affection for it. It's not a very good movie, but I also think that I mean this is really interesting, especially because the word on the street that I've that I I always heard for years and years was that Star Trek Five was so reviled that like people working in Star Trek after not just on the TV series and movies, not on just the canon stuff, but even in like the book series and like you know like basically anything that had like a official you know. Star Trek stamp on it basically was not allowed to reference Star Trek Five as part of the canon. Basically, <laughs> it was it was decanonized. You know, like I think there's part of that novelization. was novelization. Yeah, there's there probably a novelization of the. Oh yeah, I, right? yeah. I, I had that. Yeah, but oh, okay. future, future <laughs> stories were never allowed to reference it. Like there is no Cybok. Mm. They never went to the center of the galaxy. There's nothing really there. Like all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and I thought that, and, and I think this is really interesting that this is kind of like finally breaking that rule and basically acknowledging. Yes, yeah. Spock had a brother. Um, because I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm not really crazy about the whole just kind of like let's decanonize this, you know. Like, no. if you want to forget about it, sure, fine. But if you can figure out like a more imaginative way of actually like using this thing that people don't like, I, I always think that's that's kind of that's kind of really cool. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It gives people a new appreciation for it because there were so many references, I think, to Nemesis in uh, Picard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that another movie that people didn't like so it gives you a new appreciation for it and you're like well yeah well i gotta watch it again gotta remember what happened mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so and it's it cool. did give us one of tom hardy's first big roles and i do love me some tom hardy yeah, tom I hardy know. kills it in that movie he he's, really he's, he's really good he's really good i it, it that it, it makes it 
almost worse because you're like, because from what I understood, he, I mean, he kills it in that movie. And like, you really, like, apparently he said, like, like he was really convinced this was going to be his shot to like the, and it did not happen right away for him. And he got really, really kind of down and depressed. I was just like, that sucks because you're, yeah. you're, you're doing a great job in that. Yeah. Well, I know what it's like to do wonderful work and not be recognized. So I feel you, Tom Hardy. <laughs> I recognize you. I, I recognize your pain. You. I, I recognize that, you, Chris. I is, see you. Is that the tagline for this podcast? No, it's about all those weird Dolly um, AI uh, ideas I've been putting in. No one's been louding all the Miss Piggy ideas I've been coming up with. I've got <laughs> Miss Piggy is captain of the Enterprise. Yeah. Miss Piggy is accepting an Oscar. Miss Piggy, I've got a lot. Miss Piggy starring in Ragtime. They all, they're all wonderful. And they are, are on the great. Piggy theme. That's great. Yeah, no, they are. They came out great, but no one seems to be appreciating them on Twitter. So uh, that's <laughs> it. so I understand. <laughs> I get it. Twitter boo. There's too much junk on Twitter. Boo. Also, okay. my, my other favorite one: Reba McIntyre driving a Zamboni. It looks really good. Oh. She's just like, ooh, <laughs> it's really, oh, that's it's really great. great. That's great. But my um, friends, oh. does anybody have any um, final yeah. thoughts or recommendations on this episode? I do. I, I, <clears throat> I have some I have some more things I wanted to say about it. Okay. Um, okay. Remember, okay, yeah, I have some more things I want to say about this. They remember when uh, number one was like, oh, Chris, not Alpha Braga four. Yes, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Alpha Braga four. What's Alpha Braga four? Oh, <laughs> I I guess I don't have anything to say about that. I feel like you know, uh, Chris. Um, uh chris chris farley on the his his uh interview when he would interview people on snl do you remember oh, that yeah. oh yeah, yeah 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 that was, was great. Like, really cool yeah. when you he did like, that that was really cool you remember yeah. you remember when you remember when that happened oh that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> but uh that <laughs> That's that's how I feel sometimes Jay, when we'll I talk send you the about link. movies. I know, we know you didn't stuff. watch that one, Jay. Well, sorry, uh, we're too young. Man. I know. Oh. Um, that's one of my favorite Chris Farley things, and I think he was just like being himself then, and then and that's amazing <laughs> to me. But that also, oh. yeah, not Alpha Brega Four reminded me a lot of um, Discovery when Michael and uh, Book were always like, "Do you?" They would always reference the thing that they did on this planet, and yeah. they would do it constantly all the time. So anyway continue <laughs> um you know i just wanted to say uh i i'm uh i'm struggling to remember oh yeah the pirate impression that pike did at the end was no that was that was, was that was so that was, bizarre that was and no that the, what that made it good me. was yeah what made it good was number one going please stop if it yes. was just that yes. if it was just that on its own you would have been like okay that's stupid but because she said please yeah. stop it, it just okay. shows how far we've come in star trek because it feels that feels like an ending of an episode of next generation where like data would say something silly oh yeah and everyone's yeah. basically Agreed. just like oh boy and now here oh, we've boy. evolved to like it's the captain who's actually saying something dumb. <laughs> and everyone's true. going oh boy i think oh, that's boy. great and ortegas um, is like grinning ear to ear <laughs> yes yeah which is cute really yeah. cute yeah um, um I just want to say too, uh, Carrie, when you're talking about the not the um, yeah, the Alpha Brega Four, I 
at first I thought it thought it was a flaw, but then I thought it was really endearing. Like the staging of that is so weird because the, the, the pirate crew are not that far away. And somehow it became like part of the joke and really funny that they're basically going like, these idiots don't know that we're going to do a mutiny on them. It's going to be awesome. Like, we're doing like, a mutiny, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you said you said before it was really funny, like uh, our mutiny wasn't really done yet. So we got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're right, Jay. The image of him with the giant steering wheel really, really it's great. Cool. That was great. It's great. Good. It's great. Yeah. It's a great image. Yeah. And also Ortega um, saying he he was trying to be like, yeah, hit them gently or whatever. She's like, how do you fire gently? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good stuff in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Really fun. I think I think all that I really wanted from this episode that I didn't get, just like the one thing, was like one line from Spock that like carried weight about mm. self-discovery. Mm. Um and I didn't, I feel like a lot of other people had things to say about Spock and Spock didn't really have that much. Mm-hmm. And that sort of frustrated me because there are opportunities. Like when Aspen is saying, you know, you don't have to be like Vulcan or human, like that's a false dichotomy, which is really interesting. And, yeah. and you know, Spock says like, I was, I think Spock says something like I was raised on, but like, you know, I'm like part Vulcan, part, um, part like part from earth or something. And Aspen says that's geography yeah right as a rebuttal um and yeah. like that's just geography that's mm-hmm. not quite it like it's culture yeah. more so than geography yeah mm-hmm. that's yeah. like a real rebuttal and i was waiting for that or something like along the lines of like yeah come on spock like show me something you and know spock, i agree oh. with you with verbs he could have verbally said something but he did a lot of uh eye acting in this one he did a lot of like you could tell he was thinking something it was like it was really like mm-hmm. in his in his eyes, in his face. And well, I think him. that is the challenge of playing a character yeah. like Spock because you don't get to be yeah. as, you I know, mean, I don't know, rubbery I, like, and expressive. But like, you don't have to be rubbery or expressive. You have to say something like when like when there's that episode where um, in Next Generation where Spock is trying to like reunite Romulus and Vulcan, right? And so that reunification one and two. Reunification one and two. And there's a beautiful <laughs> scene where he's with Data and they're trying to crack this code and Data talks with Spock about humanity. And it's literally just four lines. And one of the lines, like Spock responds to one of Data's questions with an expression and Data goes, but isn't that a human expression? And Spock yeah. just goes like, oh, like, mm. huh, <laughs> curious. And like in that, you get it. Like, he yeah. thought he had it figured out and like nope you're still using the human expression he, spock like he would have i guess all he would have had to say then jay is just sort of curious <laughs> like just to let us know that he was uh, <laughs> that it affected him somehow that he was thinking about it or yeah i just and i also just wanted him to be a part of that it felt like things were happening around him and people were telling him things but he wasn't mm-hmm. so much an mm-hmm. active mm-hmm. participant in that storyline things were happening until, to him until yeah. like the very end when he does the when he makes like the beautiful gambit to like yeah. kiss chapel passionately which is marrying like the vulcan logic to the human passion that was yeah. perfect i just yeah. wanted he's, like he's, verbally say more he's not confident yet enough in his character when he had to do that use his uh impulse use his uh, instinct he got look he was visibly like upset because he had to make a choice based on instinct yeah. so it's possible yeah. his character just isn't that isn't there yet he's i hope we get to see him get there jay i hope so too yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not docking points. There's a lot of great, yeah. like, 
Vulcan, like when T'Pring at the end, you know, they have that reunification and Spock mm-hmm. says, I wasn't sure you would come. And T'Pring says, I was in the vicinity. That like, <laughs> that perfectly threads that line where it's like logical, but also very passive aggressive. And because they're Vulcan, you can't yeah. call them passive aggressive. And so you just yeah. have to sit there in that very uncomfortable good at that. That the the writing for them is very very good. Um, yeah. The 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 way she was uh, researching human sexuality. He did a spit take in the like yes. first scene of the show, which was amazing. <laughs> we had a spit take from Spock. Uh, Chapel's uh, reaction yeah. to that is great too. Yeah. Uh, when, yeah. When, when they're walking the yeah. corridor later. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So. Yeah. Cool. Um. I'm ready to move on to recommendations if you guys are. Okay, go for it. You got a recommendation for us, Carrie Coleman-Henners? Yeah, um, there's some fun cameos in uh, Mr. Uh, Doctor Strange, the new movie, if you haven't seen it. There's some oh, fun yeah. cameos. Go watch it, because there's some- You're attempting not to spoil. I'm attempting not to spoil, but there's it's fun. Uh, they go into the multiverse. Tasha Yar shows up. No, Tasha Yar shows up. <laughs> uh, Neelix and Tuvix is there. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, there's some Star Trek cameos in there. So that's why I'm pointing it out. And I've been really enjoying The Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh, I'm wanting to watch time. that. I forgot they did that. Yes. Yes, it's very good. I really enjoy it. I had to pay for a Showtime subscription to watch it, but well, I'm while you've got that, you got to watch Yellow right Jackets away. too, which is so oh, good. Yeah. so good, amazing. Yellow, Yellow Jackets is so <laughs> good. I need, I, I need, I need to watch Yellow Jackets. <laughs> yeah, highly recommend both of those things. Yellow Jackets is incredible. <laughs> I'm going to recommend a podcast called Space Station Podcast which um, <laughs> features, which I recently listened to and was wonderful and features everybody else in this podcast except for me. <laughs> and Yay. it's the creation of our, our one J News. So y'all should check yeah, that out. It's very it's good. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks, Chris. You're very welcome. <laughs> I, I very much enjoyed it. And you can find it on just all, all the places you can find podcasts. You know, yep. It's Space Station Podcast by Space Station Podcasts. And if the cover art looks like it was made in Microsoft Paint, that's because it was. Oh, throwback. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Michael, uh, any recommendations? Um, yes. Uh, one, I will plug another podcast, actually, that I'm on, which no, is... No, I'm uh, sorry. We can only plug, plug one. <laughs> <laughs> no, go, ahead. go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Uh, Breaking Goodman, which is a Better Call Saul podcast. Better Call Saul was on break, but actually returns this very evening that we're recording a podcast where it's final oh, six episodes. Amazing. Um, so we're very, very excited. This will be the first time I've ever... Uh, seen a podcast from start to finish because we started that show when the uh, series began all the way back in uh, 2015, 16. Cool. I don't know what time I it is anymore. I didn't know was... you did it for that long. Wow. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this is very, very exciting to kind You've of. You've been trapped in this box for a long time, I see. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and also, I will say to um, my girlfriend and I, we are really enjoying so far the, um, we're behind because it all aired, but we're really enjoying the new season of Stranger Things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, good stuff. There's too many good things to watch. Yeah, they really yeah. are. Yeah. The Wait, man Jay, who you... fills the earth has uh, um, Kate Mulgrew in it. Oh, oh, so okay. yeah, that was the nice. other reason why I wanted to bring oh, it up. Kate, it. Kate Mulgrew is in it. That'll so, do it. Yeah. 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 Jay, did you have any recommendations? There's a there's a ragtime pianist named Tom Breyer, B R I E R, and ragtime music is just fun. 
Your recommendation is ragtime. Yeah, there's a really great um, video of, of him sight reading the Yoshi's Island theme. Uh, <laughs> and, but in like a ragtime style? Well, it, I mean, it just kind of is like a rag. I don't know. It has oh, yeah. like a ragtime feel. Uh, Tom Breyer, B R I E R. And he sight reads it and absolutely oh nails God. it on his first try with only like two oh pauses. And then he does it again and gets like a little band of his friends. And there's like a tuba player and a flute player joining in. And they're just, <laughs> they, they have so much fun. They just do it again. It's a good old time <laughs> on YouTube. Tom Breyer, awesome. Yoshi's Island. Yeah. Well, fabulous. Well, then I guess we should end the show as we all agreed we were going to do by singing ragtime song <laughs> together. Here we go. Yes. Pink -a -da 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 -da